And I don't jest cause the words I manifest They will take you, sedate you And I will stress upon you the need for You all to feed your minds and souls So you can lead yourself to peace I got a real objective here I am effective here Cause I select a clear method for all Suckers I maul, they fall and crawl Into the pit of purgatory I go for glory I'm taking inventory Counting all the tough luck ducks While I marry In January of this year, did you think the Wasa pilot would be where it is now? No. <laughs> so in January, no. in January, what did you think the pilot was going to be? Well, I'd actually like to take you back to when I first started this whole thing. Sure. I thought this was going to be this um, this really fun little enterprise where I could work at home in my pajamas if I wanted to and cover local news the way I thought it should be covered, but I'd just be able to kind of do it by myself. And um, it was going to be this little, small, small thing. And um, it has very quickly escalated into something much larger. Um, and I mean, there have been an enormous changes over the last two years, but, but especially this year. I mean, it, it's just been incredible. So... Eric? Was that a twist? I don't know. What? Sorry, I got sidetracked with the work thing. Um, okay, what was the question? Nothing. <laughs> your, your mic came on, so I thought you had something to say. Oh, no. Okay. I don't know what that was. It okay. hasn't done anything different at my oh, end. So. Okay, so then where where was the where was the pilot in January? So let's just do 12 months. Was it still just you in January? Pretty much, yeah. So it was pretty much just me in January with uh, just one or two freelancers here and there. Um, at, by, by that time, I'd published about 2,000 stories in a year, which I thought was, you know, pretty, pretty good. Um, but, but now, um, over the course of the last 12 months, we're now in a in a downtown Wausau office. Um, I was able to hire an advertising and marketing director who is my husband. Um, he left his job and he was able to work with me full time now. So um, so that changed. Um, I hired my my former first boss from the Wausau Daily Herald. My first editor there, Amy Kimmis, is now my editorial assistant. She works nice. three days a week. Yeah. Um, she, and she's awesome. And we have uh, four citizen documenters in our documenters program that go to a variety of meetings. We've added local sports coverage for Wausau East, Wausau West, Newman, and D.C. Everett through a partnership with Central Wisconsin Sports. Um, and we have an additional two 
um, freelance reporters that, that work with us that, that were not working with us before. So the, the growth has been phenomenal. And uh, by, by the end of the year, we, we will have published 6,000 stories. We, um, we are reaching an average of 18,000 readers a day. And, uh, and it's just been phenomenal. I mean, it's, it's beyond what I ever thought it could have been. That's so cool. So, you know, then the obvious question is, where does it go next year? So next year, well, actually I had a, I had a sit down meeting with the WAFA, um, school district superintendent today. And we were talking about this and, and uh, I talked a little bit about the pilot, what we're doing, what we'd like to do. And, and, and it's obvious to me that we need more local reporters to cover more local beats, including education. Um, the education beat has not been covered locally for the last few years. And there's a lot happening here. So that, that's one thing. Um, we're also looking for partnerships with, um, with the Wausau School District Journalism Department, um, hoping to bring on some student reporters to, um, to supply some, some great work that can be published on our, our site. Um, I think it can be helpful for, for them um, as potential future journalists to have their, their work published and out there and, and to be able to work with them. Um, but, it, but it's also great for us, too, to be able to, to share the word about what's going on in, in the school. So we have growth um, in, in, our, in our site here. Um, so last year, my big goal was to add sports. Well, we did that this year. Um, next year, I'd like to add not only an education reporter, but also a reporter dedicated to the South Metro communities. Because I think that Weston, Cronenwetter, um, Rothschild, you know, those communities are not being reported on and not being served in a way that they used to be. And I think that's really important for the future. So that's, that's another goal to have reporters covering that. Yeah. I just, uh, someone else locally just wrote a story about, uh, high school newspapers and stuff like that. And, and I, and I was thinking back that because it was a story about the, the newspaper that I started, my journalism career in the DC jet. And it was, it was fun because I, I called my, the teacher, uh, Scott Blanchard, who, uh, who, you know, tried to corral me as a terrible 15 year old. And, uh, and we, we sort of went through like all the opportunities that I had to sort of work in like either publishing or literary stuff. Like the first time was ninth grade with, uh, the DC Everest junior high literary magazine called the sting. And it was, and I was the editor apparently, you know, cause I went back and I found it. And then Everest high school had something called the blue granite review, which was our high school literary magazine. And I was the editor of that for three years. And it was, and then I got kicked off the paper at some point in 11th grade for being terrible and annoying but yeah i mean it was you know and you went on to college right it is hard to imagine but it i think that you know giving kids young people sorry young people that opportunity to you know share their passion i think is going to be awesome 
Yeah, I think so too. Uh, the skyrocket at, at Wausau East has not published since May of last year. They're going to be coming back on as a digital publication in January, and we're really hoping to partner with the students at Wausau East um, to help uh, further their uh, their project and then to ha help them uh, have a platform for their work as well. Um, but of course, we, we also have an interest in what happens at Wausau West and at DC Everest. Um, I, I think that it's important to mentor the the youth journalists, that you know, th those kids that are thinking about a career in journalism, they, I'd love to be able to, to help move that forward and, and help help that along. So, uh, so that's that's part of part of what I really hope this next year brings for us. Yeah, I mean, because the other thing is, no one's really doing it. You know, they're right. You know, it would be cool if. You know, Oliver Burroughs had a high school intern helping because that would be cool for them to learn or or, you know, Chris Conley and that crew of guys that, you know, they could really sort of teach young people something. But, you know, right. Well, there's so much cool stuff that happens at the schools and and the students are really the ones that know what's going on there. Right. Um, and, and, I, and I think they've got a, a unique position to be able to, to speak to that. And and because we're a an online publication, we don't have to worry about how much it costs to print a newspaper. We've, we've got basically unlimited space for them to, to, uh, to put out their product. And, and I think that's, I, I think it's a perfect fit for us to, to partner with them in the future. And after my meeting with the school district today, I feel really good about, about that possibility. So. Cool. Good. Mm -hmm. All right. So then, uh, um, so you opened it just you opened a downtown office. So tell me a little bit about your office. Where is it? <laughs> so uh, because I'm old, I say it's in the First American Building. Nice, <laughs> right? Um, but now that I've said that, you know that I'm fifty. But <laughs> but it's it's the BMO Bank Building downtown. So the City Square Office Center. Um, we rent a, a small room in a suite. And then we have access to the kitchen and we have access to conference rooms, big ones and small ones. And, um, and, and it's really a great space. Um, and, and because of that, we've been able to really further our, um, our optional, um, Thailand, uh, excuse me, pay, patron program. These P's get me every time. Um, patron program. So our, uh, people who want to subscribe to us. Um, and, and let me just reiterate that our, our content is always free. We're never going to have a paywall, but people who want to give us monetary donation every month are part of our club and, and they can come for, um, for a monthly meeting. We have a monthly coffee meet and greet where, uh, people who donate can come and talk with us, share their, um, share their opinions, share their vision for what they'd like to see happen. Uh, and ask us questions about how we make decisions about about what we cover. Um, so we do that once a month, and, and having that office space allowed us to do that. Uh, so we had our second um, our second monthly meet and greet uh, just this week, and I think that's a really cool way to connect with readers. So just really having that office allowed us to do that, um, and also. 
it gives people a chance to stop in. And I mean, we have people knock on our door and say, hey, what are you up to? I want to talk to you. I have a story for you. And, you know, that's something that we were not able to do before. So I think it's re really cool and a, a great advancement for, for us as an organization. Cool. So then nice. let, let's get to some of the stories for this year. So what did what did you think the biggest – well, actually, no. Let's do it in two ways. What was the biggest story as far as impact this year? Okay. Our, our biggest story as far as impact this year absolutely was um, the investigation that we did along with um, the Denver newspaper reporter about the river life issue. So when, when, we, um, when, when we broke the story that uh, Jason Sharkey, who was one of the partners in the River Life Project, we broke the story that he had been implicated in um, in a multi-million dollar Ponzi scheme in Colorado years ago, and he had um, you know he had this criminal record, and this was not disclosed as part of of the vetting process in the the River Life Project. Uh, that story by far uh, was our our most read story of the year and our most impactful um, because the. That reporting showed, it revealed some, some significant problems in the way that the city of Wausau vetted its partners for public-private partnerships. And as a direct result of that reporting, um, there have been changes made in that process. So that ends up protecting taxpayers. And that, I mean, ultimately, that's what good journalism is supposed to do. We're, we're supposed to be able to reveal problems that can be solved that help people. And, and so that, I think, um, hands down, was, was our most important story of the year. But, uh, but I, would, I would be remiss if I did not mention the Thomas Street reporting and our ongoing reporting on that because, because that has been significant. Which... So did that? Did those two stories get the most web traffic then? So I, I think that the, the stories that get the most web traffic are generally um, crime stories. It's just because that's the nature of the beast. So um, our our felony mugshots always get the most. Um, we had a a, a pretty um, interesting prostitution story that had a lot of a lot of clicks. Um, the, the story about about uh, a local radio station opting to remove uh, baby is cold outside from from their holiday playlist. Believe it or not, that's going to end up in our top ten for sure of the year um, as far as as clicks go. But you can you can measure um, the effectiveness of a story not just by the number of clicks it gets, but but whether or not there's a solution that comes out of it. So. Um, so for me, the, the river life stuff was the most effective because it not only had a, a great number of clicks, but it, but it also had um, a direct impact on taxpayers and, and resulted in, in um, some change. You know, it's demonstrated change. Um, but, but then, yeah, but then there's those salacious stories that you go, oh, my God, this, you know, this. <laughs> This thing happened, or or this mugshot was crazy, or or whatever. I mean, so there's kind of two different ways to look at it. Yeah, I really get a kick out of the fact that face tattoos are catching on in Wausau. Oh, what? God. Who 
does who does that? Who does that? You know like, that face face tattoo is never a good idea. And the kid yeah. who wrote, like did somebody write fuck thirteen on their face? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not only do you, is a face tattoo a bad idea, but an F word on your face yeah. is a double bad idea. So. Yeah, that's that's just not I mean, good. the thing is, no. like, if, if you're a professional criminal, that's absolutely fine, you know. Sure. But if you at any point want to apply for a job, fuck 13, there's – I can't think of anybody who would hire you, you know. Yeah, no, and, but who's, and I, I will tell you, that we, no. we, we had to have a conversation in the newsroom about this, actually, because they're like, all right, this – here's – Here's a guy that has fuck written on his face. And do we even print that? Like, do we publish that? Can we get into, I, I, I called an attorney <laughs> and I said, can I get, you know, can I get in trouble for publishing that? Because that's an obscenity. And he was like, no, I don't, I, I really don't think so. So, um, <laughs> that's the first amendment. Why would you? Why would you? Right, but but there are obscenity laws. More of a hassle. Yeah. So um, so I, 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 we did have that conversation, and um, but yeah, it's. And I know I, I've got to tell you if, if we can talk about the mugshots for a minute. Yeah, yeah. I know that I know that the mugshots can be a little bit controversial. Everybody loves the mugshots until they've got a family member in them. Sure. Um, <laughs> which you know we we get a lot of calls from from family members or from people who are in there that are like, you know, can you remove it? It's removing, it's, it's, it's ruining my life. I, I you know, and I, and I get that. Um, we do have a policy that if, um, if a charge is dropped, we will, we will go back and delete that and get it out of there. Um, but I, I think, and, and I know that our law enforcement partners, um, believe that this is a valuable tool because I think it's important for people to know what's happening in their community. Uh, drugs, the, the drug epidemic here is very real. Um, and, and, and it's really easy to think that it's not happening here, that, that there's, that there's nothing going wrong here, that there's no armed robbery here, that there's no, um, significant, uh, meth problem here or cocaine problem here. And when you, and I think it's important to know that also um, on a number of occasions, um, law enforcement partners have told us that people have, have seen mugshots of, of people and said, oh my God, that's my child's babysitter. And I just realized that that's the person who victimized my family or that, I mean, there, there have been other victims who have come forward and have been. Um, empowered by by seeing those pictures and realizing that they're not alone in the, in their charges. So, I I there we don't put them out there because we want people to make fun of them, um, and I know people do make fun of them, but because I think it's really important for the community to to understand what's going on here and the extent of of the challenges that we have in this community. So I I have a, a quick short story, and then I know Eric wanted to talk about face tattoos a little bit. Um, so one of the I led to uh, personally I led to one of the mugshots. So I was I was leaving work one day and just some random dude came running up to me. He's like, "Hey, can I get a ride?" And I'm without really thinking about it, I'm like, "Sure, okay." You know, cuz 
my my instinct was, well, I can take this fucking guy. And so, sure, I gave <laughs> and I gave him a ride to uh, that motel over by the McDonald's on Stewart Avenue. Like, what's it called? I don't know what it's called, but Motel Six or Super Eight or something. Yeah, I don't really even know what it was, but I, I dropped him off, and I, uh, and I was dropped. I know your name the, was in the police report. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So I was, I was driving home, and I'm like, "Hey, nothing about that felt right." So I think I'm probably going to call the police, and uh, and I did, and they came out to my house and showed me three mugshots, and I'm like, "That was the dude." And yeah, mm-hmm. and then like whenever it was a couple of weeks later, there he was, <laughs> and I was I was waiting for him to show up, and I'm like, this is cool, you know? Yeah, because yeah. I don't ima- well, I don't I- imagine he listens to our podcast, so I think I'm probably okay. Probably okay. <laughs> I, I I um I review every felony charge every day, so like every day I go on the court system and I and I review every new felony charge, and there are certain charges that that um this catch my attention and i look like the other the other day we had a mayhem charge oh, yeah. What, what, yeah nice okay what is that and we, and we had this conversation in our room i i in all my years of covering of, of covering crime i've never seen a mayhem charge um it, and it's not what you think in the whatever geico commercial or, or whatever it is <laughs> you know the mayhem guy it's actually you know biting somebody's ear off so um so, so, I, yeah. I, I mean, so when I see those charges, then I then I go to the courthouse. I look up the complaint. And I find out what it is, and and uh, and sometimes it's really really bizarre. But stuff like that goes on in our community. There's no getting around it. Eric, you want well, to talk about face tattoos? No, I was just going to comment. Eric, do you have Were you thinking about getting one? I was going to over the weekend, but you know now <laughs> apparently that's uh, frowned upon. Uh, no, I was just going to comment on somebody that goes in to say, I'm going to get a fuck 13 or whatever it is tattoo on my face. Is not also asking the question of, I wonder if I can get that marketing job. Right. I think I'm going to apply. Right. Those I, I aren't, think, those aren't yeah. questions that ever go hand in hand, ever. I think uh, what they are, if if you look at them, it's not like, it's not like this was Mike Tyson's Maori tattoo on his face. These were like the face tattoos are obviously not done at a reputable shop and chances are they're done at the house, you know, or yeah, jail yeah. or, you know, I could do that. Home. I could totally tattoo you. I'll, I'll right. show you. Yeah. Here. Come on over yeah. here. Oh God. The amount of shitty tattoos we did to each other in high school. Thank God. None of them lasted. Jesus Christ. For like two oh weeks, my. I had the, I had the Alva skateboards logo on my back. You know. Oh, that's a that's a killer tattoo, though. Right, exactly. But still, I don't want it now. You might still want that today. Right, you yeah. might. I well, think. Well, let it be said that I am not anti-tattoo. I have no. several, but I don't have any on my face. Yeah, like my my tattoo artist uh, won't tattoo below the watch. Like he won't. He just simply yeah. won't do hands. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, he's an older guy, and it's just his rule, because his thing is look. At some point, you have to put on shirt sleeves and go get a job, you know. So, right. Yeah. yeah. My rule is always done. You have to be able to cover it up if you right. want. Yeah. So. So then, uh, looking at so Eric, what did you think the biggest story was this year? Oh, I don't know. I was hoping you wouldn't ask me that. Okay, good. So I, I, yeah, just, I, don't, I don't, I don't have an answer. He doesn't read it. Yeah, I think the biggest. Story Not as often was, as I should. Right. 
Yeah, I thought for me personally, I had, you know, aside from just because I know he listens, uh, the the general incompetence of, of Mayor Milky, you know, because it just it the, they, they just kept stacking up how kind of bad he was at his job this year. And uh, but really, I the story for me is is still an ongoing story, which is what happened to Daniel Guild and Weston. Like that's, oh, that's wow. still yeah. it's still unresolved. Like other other journalists in town still haven't gotten open records requests done. And so, you know, we, we all feel like we moved on, but the village of Weston still doesn't have an administrator. You know, so no, that's that's so true. And Weston Weston does not have an administrator and I think I think that's a huge issue. Meanwhile, Dan Gild has moved on to Rhinelander and is doing some um some kind of incredible things up there he announced yesterday in fact that that he uh he talked with the city council i think yesterday or the day before and they decided to completely overhaul the way the city council um in rhinelander will perform business in the next year so instead of having like all these little committees like economic development and tourism and and SISM, they're going to eliminate all those committees and they're just, they're going to meet twice a month and the entire council up there is going to um, start tackling these issues as an entire council instead of as a fractioned group. And I wow. think that's fascinating. I, I really do. I think, wow, what, you know, I, I wonder how that's going to work out because I, we see it in Wausau. A lot of times there's, there's committees, um, you know, Maybe finance is talking about one thing, economic development is talking about another, SISM is talking about another, and and they don't all know what's going on in the other committees, and then the whole council votes on things, um, perhaps without knowing all the background that they should. But I think it's really a neat experiment um, what he's doing in Rhinelander, and I think I think we should be watching that. Yeah, I I talked to him yesterday on the phone for a little bit just because it was my birthday and we were catching up and stuff. So it was it was fun to sort of hear Happy about. Birthday? Yeah, yesterday was my birthday. Aw, happy birthday! Thank you. So uh, I, feel, I feel bad. I didn't know. That's okay. Um, yeah, so it was it was cool to catch up with him. Then, so let's let's look ahead into 2019. So yeah. what what do you think the biggest story today? What do you think the biggest story will be? And then in December, we'll remind you what you said today. No coaching. No coaching. <laughs> I know he's, he's coaching me in the background. Yeah. Two things. And, and I, know what, I know what he's talking about already. So there's two things. One will be what will happen with the riverfront development. We still have liens that are unsatisfied. We still have a question over who's going to take over that project. Um, we, we still, have, you know, there's so many unanswered questions there. That's going to continue to be a big story. The second thing, well, actually, I should say three. Okay, second thing is the, the, the pollution and toxicity in the soil along the Thomas Street corridor. Um, I, I cannot stress enough what a big story this is and, and how much this is going to play into what happens in the next 12 months. This group, this citizens group that has formed, um, they're not playing around. They know what they're doing. They are um, absolutely 
looking for answers and solutions here. They're not just there to complain. Um, I, I think that there's, a, there's going to be um, a huge developments in, in that particular story. And then third, and on a lesser scale, uh, what's going on with Wassa Center? Who, who knows? I mean, who knows what's going to happen with Wassa Center? But, but those three things, I think, will dominate the news um, next year. That I think you're right. I, you know, I, I was going to ask specific, specifically, do you think that the riverfront project gets done? No, <laughs> no, no, I don't. Um, I, I wish, I wish I could say yes, that it, that it will, but no, I think there are too many, uh, legal problems. I, I think there are too many unanswered questions. Um, I, I don't see this going anywhere quickly. Um, uh, we certainly haven't seen any movement for, uh, for the liens to be satisfied yet. Um, and there's still a question over who's going to take over that project. So we'll have to see about that. And, and keep in mind, you know, there, there's some interest in developing some of the land south of, of the original project area, but there have been some concerns raised there about pollution um keep it i mean keep in mind that the whole riverfront has has pollution issues that have to be mitigated before uh before anything can can happen and when once a chemical moves that all has to be mitigated before um before the 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 anything can possibly take place you know there there are restrictions on the deed so they can't just you know plunk down condos there it can't happen legally it can't happen right yeah so i i think 2019 is going to be yeah i don't even know i think it's i think a lot of it's going to sort of be personnel i think we're going to see some changes to to the city of wasa's personnel i think we're going to ideally hopefully see a new administrator in weston i to be honest who knows though you know and uh yeah, but like you said, I, I think it'll be interesting to see if the mall survives. I think we're we're reaching a point now where it's entirely possible that, you know, it's all over with. Well, you there's know? a furniture store coming in that's going to save the day, right? Well, the furniture store, I think, is a really good idea. Um, you know, that, that's a really good spot for, for that store. Um, I, I think it's a better spot than the Sears would have been but but you know this whole idea of hey we, you know we have this consultant come in and tell us what a private company should do with their property okay <laughs> you, you can't you can't make them do that right I, yeah that'd be like that'd be like the city coming in and, and saying you know what your house is nice and all but we think it'd be better if, if you put in a back deck and maybe some you know landscape lighting right yeah so <laughs> can't do that can't do that city you don't own my property i do right exactly so, so. yeah I, I think i think this is going to be an interesting year um, i think we're going to see some candidates come uh, you know come forward for uh to challenge some of the spots on city council um i think we're going to see some mayoral challenges coming um and and who knows what's going to happen I, it's going to be a great year for news though it will. So, <laughs> yeah. 
All right, cool. That's that's it for tonight. So thanks for doing the year end wrap up with us. Thanks, Thank Shane. you for having me. I appreciate it. Cool. Together we witnessed one of the most delightful in our time. So um, let the bass go. Now it's gotta go a little bit lower than that, Dre. Drop it. Now it's gotta go even more than that. You know why? Why? You've been denied. Although you tried. So I've been a vein to make you fall like a tide. No disappointment. Cause my beetle soothes like an ointment. Suckers with static or protein get smoked like a joint. Flint ignites the flame. I mean, I burn like a lighter. Go with a hip hop groove, cause I'm a writer. They write a great, take a stand, then we'll see. He in chronological order, starting with me. A rap introduction, a sucker's destruction. Yeah, a rolling ball once I started conducting. The lyrics were the maximum. I stated for facts in them. Just never tried to break no one. Murder in the first degree Occurs only when dealing with the D.O. to the C I'm like a whirlwind pyramid And I'm letting you know I get ill when I hear the bass go Yeah, that's the sound and you know it's down But you know why? Why is that? Cause I've been around And you've heard the sound of the doc in the new style that I found It's quite unorthodox But still facing enough to make you dance So I picked up the pace and let it ride like a cyclist And see it showing the end that I'm the mightiest And that I'm lyrically inclined to make you wanna step to my time The beat and the cut to this rhyme Do a show and I'm good to like a Geo Never getting skeezed, I mean it's like a N-O Happiness to me is like a positive cash flow So I let your ear cold head when the bass go Kick it over here, kick it over here Now I think it's about time to feel the beat Drop that what? I bet. I don't wanna. Cause if I do, you might lose it. I made this record for you to jam. So use it. Kill the treble, pump the bass, and then send the suckers on the block into a tailspin. Roll by, booming like a nuke bomb. I know the pressure on your ears, but say come. After you pass, though, you better turn it down some. Or else you're gonna put a dent into your eardrum. Success relies on the individual. I feel successful when receiving the residual. But as for you, you all should know when I say let's get hype. I'm letting the face go. Now that's the way it should be done. I know that's on the one, and that is fun. To see a sucker standing weary. And girlies on the tip standing near me. The bass was the topic, so I dropped it. Added some dope lyrics, and then I locked it. On track 24 and a machine. To make you move on the hip-hop scene. Cued up Drake, and I knew that he would know. But on the one, I would let the bass go. Because a dope jam is what I gotta make. I make it rattle, because you love it when it vibrates. The D, the O, into the C Must cause pleasure when showing your my ability To inject on a set mass enjoyment This is to ensure definite employment When I hit town, yo, you'll know Crowds will roar and you'll hear the bass go Yeah, yeah